the feeling is mutual. And I'm telling you, I don't take this lightly. And it is a privilege, as trite as it sounds and cliched, it is a privilege and it is an honor to be here this morning to share. Um, I want to thank you, Pastor Ava, for, you know, just propelling us all at NLH to just go out there, be bold, and serving God in different ways. And thank you. And my hope this morning, this afternoon, today, is that my presentation will bring a shift to the hearers of the word. I want, after all of this, that we come to all recognize the goodness, God's faithfulness towards us, and that he will get all the honor and the glory, all the praise. So, Father God, I come humbly before you this afternoon, Father God, to share a word with each and every one on the platform, the various platforms this morning. Father God, it is a privilege, and I thank you for using me today to deliver. I don't take it lightly, so Father God, use me today as you see fit. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight. Amen. What a privilege. Good afternoon, everyone. Thank you for being here today. As we talk about faithfulness. Last week, <laughs> I, I was laughing with Samar because I said to Samar, you know what? Last week when you presented, right? And she was talking about faith. I said, What's going on here? Faith? Did I make a mistake here? Isn't that the topic somewhere along that line that I got? I said, uh-uh. Did I make such a grave mistake? Oh, no. Pastor Ava, no, she said, faith, faithfulness, boy, it's a lot. These are topics. These are spiritual gifts that the Holy Spirit can deposit in each and every one of us if we seek it, right? And there is so much, it's so vast that there's so many different aspects of it that it's never too much. So Sister Thamar shared last week, you know, about faith. I'm here to talk about faith, but going a little bit more, faithfulness. So what is faith really? Because 
at the root of it all, faith, right? And it comes from the Greek word, the root of it is a Greek word called pistis. It's a noun, to believe. And the verb is pistuer. So pistis is P-I-S-T-I-S, -I -I which is the noun, and the verb is pistuer. P-I-S-T-U-E-O. So faith, it is a belief and assurance of God, that God's word and that all he has done. So what is faithfulness? It's living in accordance with that truth, that God's word is true. Faith leads to faithfulness because without faith, you can never become faithful. And faithfulness, it comes from a place of trust and loyalty. It is an unqualified surrender of the whole of one's being in dependence upon him, the one and only, our savior, the Lord. It is fully trusting and relying on him for all things, not just the big things, the little things too. Proverbs 3 verse 5 says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. And that's part of being faithful. It is not just a mental acceptance of the facts and realities of truth. It must stem from a deep and inner conviction. You hear me? Not just an acceptance of the facts and reality, but it must be coming from a deep inner conviction. In Hebrews 11, we see different examples of people demonstrating faith. Moses parting the Red Seas. We see Noah with the building of the ark. And we see Jesus raised Lazarus from the dead. And we see how Abraham was faithful even when God was moving him from one place to the next. It was unknown, but he did not, Abraham did not allow the fear of the unknown to not trust God. He went with the program. So we saw in the book of Ruth, Ruth 1, verse 6 to 22, how Ruth exemplified faithfulness to family. When Ruth's husband died, she could have gone on her own and create a new life, but no, Ruth stayed with Naomi. 
she said, for where you go, I will go. And where you lodge, I will lodge. And she went with Naomi to her home country. And this was all new for Ruth. But she was faithful. She didn't know how things would turn out. And because of her faithfulness and her trust in God, guess what? He did all the rest. She didn't have to worry about anything. And that is the reward of faithfulness. We don't have to worry. God takes care of everything when we trust him and when we allow him to work in our lives, when we are obedient to his instructions. In 1 Samuel 1 and 2, it chronicles the life of David. But in 1 Samuel 19 to 23, we saw the covenant boy, the covenant of David and Jonathan. And this is about faithfulness in friendship. Where Jonathan you know, made a whole, a covenant to always be there for David. And we know, I'm not going to go into it, but we can't, most of us know the story of King Saul and the jealousy he had. Saul who was the father of Jonathan and how jealous he was of David. David had so many talents. He played the harp. He was a harpist. And he saw, we saw in the book of Psalms, how David cries out, sings to the Lord in thanksgiving and in worship. And Jonathan... Um, he said to him, when he made that covenant with David, he said, do not fear for the hand of Saul, my father shall not find you. You, sh you shall be king over Israel and I shall be next to you. Wow. He stood with him no matter what. So they made that covenant before God. And this story is just a sweet reminder of what it means to be faithful friends. You are there for each other despite thick and thin. Right, Sister Rifa? Yep. Faithful. And David was chosen by God. And even though, you know, if you really think about it, David was anointed to be king over Israel while 
Jonathan's father, Saul, was in rule, right? Was ruling Israel. Fathom that for a moment. So there be times in our life when we have the faithful support of others. Faithful friends support each other no matter what. And that's what we see in the story of David and Jonathan. Another story we saw was um, the parable of the talents where the master gave his servants, right? Um, he gave them talent and resources to go out and use. Others hid it, but the one servant, he really capitalized and came back to his master, right, with more than he left with. We shouldn't allow fear and laziness because sometimes that's what happens. That's what hinders us, right? We're fearful of the unknown or we get lazy and sit on our laurels and don't move. And it sure can be a stumbling block, provide obstacles in our faith walk in our relationship with God. It says our faithfulness says a lot about us. Do we give up before we really try and try and try? Are we telling people, what are we, the message are we sending to people, right? that we're not dependable, we're not trustworthy, right? If people um, trust us with things, with resources, and we, got, we do not capitalize on them, we're not trustworthy. When we are faithful, we show God and others that we can be trusted. As I said before, Samuel 1 and 2 chronicles the story of David, and we can, you know, people can go back and read it. But who is David? David was born to Jesse, who was a shepherd. And when he was a young boy, Samuel the prophet anointed him king of Israel while Saul was ruling. At the time, the climate was the Philistines and the Israelites were at war. And the giant Goliath of the Philistines, right? He presented, he challenged the Israelites right, to come and fight with him, big Goliath, big giant Goliath and the David. 
No one wanted to take up that gauntlet. Who is going to face off with Goliath? No one. But what was the reward? The Israelites, if Saul's army won, they would become served. Um, they, the Philistines would be servants of the Israelites and vice versa. If the Philistines won, the Israelites would be their servants. But nobody took up that challenge. Here comes David. So I just want to remind us that as Christians, it is so important to be faithful, not just to others, but we got to be faithful to God. It is one thing to believe in him and, and say we have faith. But having faith and believing in him stood it's different from being faithful to him so king david you know david became king of israel and he was chosen by god while king saul was on the throne and the reason why you know there's so many you that you could choose from but I think for me what resonated with the story of David is how David went from being just he was more than just having faith in God he was faithful not only did he have faith in God he was faithful And scripture also basically kind of dubbed him as a man after God's own heart. He was, and why did he get that name, right? Why did he get dubbed that? He was faithful to the Lord. When he sinned, he repented. And most of all, David loved the Lord with all his heart. David does something that even we as Christians, not all of us, some of us, we trust God with some things and not everything. We tend not to trust God with the little things. The only time we call on God is when the big things come we couldn't manage it but what made david stood apart is that he trusted god in every areas of his life so some of the attributes of david that we should ascribe that we should aspire to be he loved the lord and in the book of Psalms, gosh, David, it depicted how David loved the Lord and how he followed God's command. In Psalm 119, I will praise you with an upright heart as I learn your righteous laws. I will obey your decrees 
do not utterly forsake me. Here we see how David demonstrated his love for God. He also demonstrated this when he was on the battlefield. When he was on the battlefield, God was with him and David was in constant communication with God. Every step of the way, he took the Lord's instructions and because of this, it led him to victory. It led him to victory. So David loved God. What else? David was repentant. When David, through his humanness, of course, David footsteps faltered. He lusted after Bathsheba and he stole her from her first husband. Boy, did David realize? Oh, he realized he messed up big time. But did he just leave it at that? No, he went to God. He repented and he asked God's, he asked for the Lord's forgiveness. How many of us have sinned and continue to sin? And we just blithely go on our way as if it's nothing and we do not seek forgiveness. David was also honest and thankful in his communication with God. He was always honest about his feelings. And in the Psalms, you'll see here David crying out to God. And he lamented when he's going through obstacles, trials and tribulations and hardships. He lamented. God, he did lament, but you know what came after that? After the lamentations, he was still thanking God for his faithfulness towards him. David was faithful. He demonstrated his faithfulness to the Lord no matter what he was going through, and he trusted the Lord, every part of his life. Not just some of it, but all of it. Part of his faithfulness, he defied the odds. Using unconventional methods when he took down the big giant Goliath. What did he use? A slingshot and a rock? Who goes to war with that? No one. Second Samuel 22.3 My God is my rock in whom I find protection. He is my shield and the power that saves me. 
David conquered Goliath, cloaked with the shield of faith. No matter what he was experiencing or going through, he trusted God. This is how he exhibited his faithfulness. So David went from a man who not only just had faith in the Lord, but to one who had faithfulness. In the scripture, in the passage of scriptures that Thamar, my sister Thamar read, I want to highlight some of the verses. In verse 34, when David, 34 and 30, 34, David said to Saul, your servant has been keeping his father's sheep. When a lion or a bear came and carried off a sheep from the flock, 34 to 37, I went after it and struck it and rescued the sheep from its mouth. When it turned on me, I seized it by its hair, stuck it and killed it. Your servant has killed both the lion and the bear. This uncircumcised Philistine will be like one of them because he has defied the armies of the living God. The Lord who delivered me from the paw of the lion and the paw of the bear will deliver me from the hand of this Philistine. So David knew he had an assurance in God. He did not know how things are going to unfold, but he knew he trusted God with the outcome. How many of us do that? In Romans 10, 17, it says, faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. Oftentimes we hear it, but are we really hearing it? Are we really hearing the word of God? Because things can come through one ears and go through the other. Hearing it is when we meditate on it and we act on it. In Acts 4, it says, we need to hear, not just with our natural ear, but we need to be hearing it with our spiritual ears. And only one way I know of for us to do that, and it's through the power of the Holy Spirit. It's not by our might. That being said, we have our human frailties and failings. And there are hindrances to faith. But we know there are, but are we going to allow those hindrances, those obstacles to dissuade us from having 
faith evolving into faithfulness with our true and living God. So one of the hindrances to faith I want to point out is one, absence of the word. In Matthew 13, verse 19, where you had the parable of the sower, Jesus spoke of the seed as the word of God. And we know the seed can either be nurtured into full growth or it can be destroyed. The growth can be retarded. But guess what? It depends on the heart it falls into. So I want to ask, is the word of God falling on a heart of stony ground? A heart of stone does not have any spiritual life. Is it a heart in which the soil is filled with thorns? Because guess what thorns do? It retards the growth of others around it. Is it a heart that has demonic influence? Look at the world today. There is so many things that is not of God. And these areas, if our hearts are not receptive, that is fertile, where nourishment can be infused so that God's word can flourish. Guess what happened? It breeds doubt and unbelief. Second point, we have wrong motivation. When we not have the right motivation of being faithful, we seek that can hinder our faithfulness. Seeking and we're working toward things for our own pleasures instead of pursuing God. Are we caught up in earthly pleasures? Are we working just to try to get that big house, that fancy car, or that expensive piece of jewelry? What it is, what is it are we working towards? Matthew 6.33 says, But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will given, be given to you as well. So seek God's first. Matthew 19.21 says, For where your treasure is, is where your heart will be also. Do we want to put our treasure, our resources into things that will just give us earthly pleasure? And re a reminder, these are fleeting. They don't, they're not sustained over a period of time. And, but if we put our treasures in heaven, 
that is infinite. There is no expiration date. None. Three, wrong source of knowledge. We see things in the world, right? And if we do not abide and stay in the word, what happens? We start to believe what is happening out there, right? And what's happening out there become, start becoming facts and become our reality. And this will also be a big hindrance to our faith. So we see what some of the hindrances could be of faith. How do we operationalize faithfulness? What does it look like? So for faithfulness to occur, we need to be engaging in activities that build faith in us and transforms us. A shift has to take place. We have to believe, we must believe and acknowledge that faith is the only legally acceptable currency in heaven, nothing else. So, I have five points that I want to share in terms of demonstrating operationalized like faithfulness, how we can ascribe to faithfulness. When we go into relationship with God, right? It's not just, think of having a relationship with a spouse. You get married, you're in a relationship. And you don't work on the relationship. You just get married and that's it. What happens? Things start to crumble, start to fall apart, right? So one of the things that we have to do when we enter into a relationship with God, we have to desire him. And that desire has to be ongoing. We can't desire him today and tomorrow, you know, hey, no. Now we should wash it, desire. It has to be ongoing. When you desire something or someone, you are in pursuit, pursuit of it, right? So with God, we got to pursue relentlessly, steadfast, and not ceasing. We also, this is part of it, what we're doing here today, getting together in weekly worship, service together as a community they see a family that prays together stays together so we're here
together to worship God. And that's one way of being faithful. We also have, when we can get together in small groups outside of the traditional Sunday service, we have to be doing other things, other days of the week. For example, NLH, you saw on Mondays, right? You have prayer. On Mondays, right? You have where you get together and delve into the word together. Where we share with each other and grow together in faith. On Wednesdays, fasting and prayer, interceding, beseeching God on things that concerns us. Because things that concerns others should concern us. Because everyone belongs to God. We are his people. We are his children. He is the creator of all of us. So if it concerns him, it should concern us. When we assemble together in the small groups, it helps us on our journey, our faith journey, because we're there to support each other we also, and it's, it challenges us, right? Because you know that you are, there are certain, you can't just go there and sit. You have to partake. You have to participate. You have to be an active participant. So it challenges you to get into the word. And it also, challenges you to pray more and those activities within a small group it strengthens everyone involved serving side by side it really warmed the heart when I saw what was happening in Tanzania, right? And how Karen, Annette, Cheryl, Lorna, these guys, they're doing their mission, missionaries, they're in the mission field, working side by side, serving together, utilizing their spiritual gifts. They are doing what they need to do. They're serving in the mission field to reconcile people with Christ. I saw something and I read something while I was, you know, preparing for this. And it says that, and guys, Karen, Annette, you're on the line, but you guys, 
you are Jesus together. You all are playing a part. Okay, you bring your gifts and the different gifts that you bring in ministering and winning souls for Christ. You are Jesus together. Fifth point, personal practice. We have to learn the way of Jesus. The Christian life should not, it should be a way of life, not simply a state of being. The practices of delving in the world, praying without ceasing, this needs to be done consistently and fervently. And, and all of this help us to be more Christ-like. So I have some questions that we all need to ponder. We all need to consider. Hey. So let me go back. I spoke, I gave five areas where we need to work on towards our journey for faithfulness having that ongoing desire to want more of God seeking him gathering together corporately for worship on Sunday Getting together in our small groups throughout different times of the week to grow in faith and sharing with one another. Serving side by side, whether it's local missions, international missions together to bring people to God. And personal practice of making God be your one and only. Become more Christ-like. So the questions that I want to ask. Out of these five. Which ones. I don't need you to answer it. But we all need to just ponder. And meditate on it. So which ones have helped. You grow in your faith. Be. Out of these areas, which one would be best for you to invest time or your energy? Or engage in a different manner to grow your faith? So which of these areas would you want to invest time and energy into to grow in your faith? C. Do you need help? from your church, its leaders, or your groups to support you and help you on your journey? Or do you need help to take a new step or a different step, a different path? I wanna bring up three C's that I thought was befitting. I came across a word 
And boy, I'm telling you, learning is lifelong. I don't think I've ever come across the word certitude. It's C-E-R-T-I-T-U-D-E. And certitude is a, it's absolute certainty or conviction that something is the case. What certitude does, it emphasizes a faith in something. And it's not needing or capable of proof. So I just want to implore us this morning that we need to change our attitude to one of certitude. We need to be Christ-minded. I know we spoke about Christ-like, but Christ-minded. With our love for God, it makes us operate on a different level. We are going to have love, humility, and faith. We're going to go from being faith to having faith to being faithful. The next one, the next C is catalyst. I don't know if you remember when you used to do science or chemistry, any of that, right? But a catalyst is a substance that changes the rate of reaction without being consumed by the reaction. So, faith is a catalyst. Having faith accelerates the rate of miracles and makes the impossible possible and dreams realities. So when you connect with God, the catalyst of faith will stay fresh and stay active with you at all times. Martin Luther King Jr., one of his quotes was, faith is taking the first step even when you don't see the whole staircase. Just remember, if faith is in you, God is in you. Without faith, trust has no meaning. Faithfulness facilitates changes. It makes things happen. And it helps us to move forward with boldness and confidence. Faithfulness makes God's work work in your life. Faithfulness cannot be measured. You see, like how we measure height and weight and we use a scale or a ruler. We can't measure faithfulness like that. But how can we gauge our faithfulness maturity as Christians? We need to examine ourselves. We have to do some deep self-introspection. Guys, we need to. We don't need to create a mental checklist here. But sometimes, you know, you have to put pen to paper. Create a checklist so we can identify where the gaps are 
where we are falling short. So we see how David and other biblical examples have provided us with a roadmap of what this should look like. Just remember, everyone will have different gauges based on what God has deposited in us. Rifa, Samar, Pastor Eva, Tashina, and Karen. It's all going to look different. So long as we are working, working towards, working towards faithfulness. Our journey will be similar and it can be different. But don't judge what you're doing based on someone else's because our gauge is going to be different. So faithfulness, maturity, it takes us to a place where we're fully trusting God. We're relying on him for all things. You hear me? Faithfulness, maturity is relying on God for all things. We're not picking and choosing what it is that we're relying on him for. But everything. Everything. I want to thank you for your indulgence in listening to me. And I hope that what I have shared spoke to hearts this afternoon. I thank God for the privilege and we need to evolve we need to go on a higher plane brothers and sisters we need to push the needle forward or you see all the plane all the throttle and the thrust the plane when it taking off and when it landing all things shift. We need to work towards that. Thank you. God bless you all.